Spoiler alert! Welcome to Pass the Mic. Um, so I'm Anarima. I'm Diera. And last night we went to go see Us, which is directed and written by produ- and produced by Jordan Peele, who also created Get Out um, at the State Theater with our Mike family. Um, and the movie stars Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke. And in this episode, we're going to review and talk about theories we have about this new and innovative film. So we actually have a few of the Mike editors with us today. Uh, so I'm Daniel. I'm a senior editor with Mike. Um, I'm a junior at Michigan. Uh, yeah. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm a senior editor for creative content at Michigan in Color. And my pronouns are he, him, his. And I am a cis male East Asian documented immigrant. Ooh. Oh, should I go with that too? I'm just gonna go with that. Yeah. Like also, <laughs> <laughs> um, also he him um mixed. My dad is Indian. My mom is Jewish, and I am a mostly ambiguous brown man. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> we're just gonna s- <laughs> we're just gonna start talking about this movie. Um, what are the key things that stood out for you guys, and what are the themes that you think come from it? So just the whole film like surrounds the themes of like an you know an underclass and uh like the underclass who live below like all of like who we who we call us and like how um and specifically like their relationship to people like living with like I guess not overclass but like just like more privileged peers like living above ground and just like following the intricacies between their relationships and like how we sympathize with different people depending on different like how we show them and that sort of relationship is what dominated i think i'll probably get into that more later yeah i definitely agree um actually anurima daniel and i like was like watching a bunch of um explained videos (laughs) last night after the movie and um it was interesting to see how like jordan peele and other movie critics were saying how like um the movie is made um uh, purposely ambiguous and kind of vague so then it, it's up to the interpretations of the audience to interpret uh, what themes was uh, inter- uh, incorporated in the movie so then it's up to the audience's um, viewpoint yeah so going into the characters so once we see that Adelaide like has this twin and she's basically the same but she's tethered to Adelaide and is like her shadow what parallels can we make between them and like what do you think about them when you first see them together this is more I guess in the first scene it's interesting hearing her um read like the first scene that where she speaks like hearing her talk about how um everything that um like above ground Adelaide does how she's forced to do the exact same thing um, how, like, even though she doesn't necessarily want to marry her version of Winston Duke or, like, you know, have kids with him or whatever, she's forced to because he is her prince. He is above ground Adelaide's prince, and that is why and she's, like, forced to do everything, like, as, like, a sort of, like, intricate dance between, like, above ground and below ground, and how she, like, doesn't... Uh, every decision she's made is, like, she's forced into. Actually, I was noticing how um, Adelaide and Red are, like... Well, they're they're obviously like a duality of people and like they're like um, reflecting of each other, but um, they have certain moments where they act differently while like the same at like at the same time. Like for example, like at the end of the movie where it was like in the hallway with all the rabbits um, when they were fighting, you can clearly see that um, the fake Adelaide or which which whichever wasn't wearing the red suit was like um, trying to attack the other side of herself like. Um, brutally and like 
not gracefully, but like the red was moving so gracefully throughout the hall and like was like like doing dance moves as she moved and then like moving so elegantly. So like there are differences and similarities which I thought was really interesting in a duality pair. Yeah. I just wanted to like add one more thing is that how both of their like main characters' motivations is just they want to protect their families and like they don't like, you know, and one is presented more sinisterly as like, you know, but in the end, like you know, quote like evil red really just wants her family to have like an opportunity on the surface world and like protect them and surface uh Adelaide just wants to protect the family too and that's both their driving motivations. So my favorite character was little Adelaide. Both of them. Like the bad one and the good one. The bad one quotes the bad one and the good one. Um I guess my question is what do you guys have any theories behind um why Jordan Peele did this type of kind of like coming of age story and why he chose to um, cause he could have picked like a teenage girl. He could have picked someone like older. Why would he cho- choose like a, a young uh, girl to embody like this coming of age? I mean, I think I get it, but like if you guys have any other theories about it or just how you felt about the character in general. Um, part of it, I think it's because, um, it's, to me, it's trying to represent how like, um, uh, not necessarily America, but like in this context, I want to use America has um has kind of brainwashed in a way um kids since a very young age of like what um the society means and like the societal standards and stuff like that so then like that was what um come off to me with the message of um Adelaide having that um switch when she was in a young age yeah i think it's also important that sh- it's like sort of like a like putting head wilson sort of deal like the mark twain novel where you can't tell which was you know i won't go into that but it's the same thing where showing how everything is in nurture and not nature and that it's just like like they had to start from a young age to like be like okay this is what happens where she's like born into this like you know these like miserable deplorable conditions and then but then gets the opportunity to be raised like above ground with all like those you know thing like all those like pleasures of life and whatever and how that allows her to be a full like what we consider human and that the one below ground was born like what we considered human and then forced into those deplorable conditions and then that's why we now consider her see her as like a monster and that it's not has nothing to do with the condition of of their births just like the chances they were given yeah and also the fact that like the underground adelaide or red in the beginning of the when she was young had to like make much more of an effort to like reach the above ground and then once she reached there she had to use force and like i guess almost violence to kind of switch the spots and i i don't know like what that parallels with with our current society but i don't know what you guys think about that um well i was just like we were talking about this earlier dear and i were talking about this earlier um about how like the fact that she switched by force and then forgets and that she acquires a life of privilege by forcing someone else into deplorable conditions of misery, sort of, and then, but then, because of her trauma of, like, the incident, and, like, you know, goes mute and, like, forgets that that's actually where she comes from until the very end of the movie, where, like, she has the reveal, and she's, like, actually, she realizes that she actually was born below, um, and that that's, like, sort of, like, how the U.S. is now, that we don't realize that the reason that, like, most you know, upper class 
predominantly white, like, you know, Americans have most of their wealth that was built on stolen land and stolen labor. Um, and yet we still have a collective amnesia about that and, like, don't want to think about why, then, you know, don't want to think about the fact that we are living, that some of us are living in the conditions that we are today is only because we have forced other people to live in deplorable conditions. Yeah, that's why, like, as soon as in the film when she's like, why are you doing this? And then the line is, we're Americans. And then she does a like, crazy menacing laugh. And I was like, <laughs> got it. Americans, us, U.S., red people, like holding hands across a freaking, the map of America. So like, as, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, this is like an allegory for immigration and Trump and all that type of stuff, which it can be. But I think it also um, leans more towards the privileged side of things. Besides, like Obviously, immigration w- is kind of pieced in together with that. But um, I think more so the privilege of us thinking that, yo, we're Americans, so we get to do this, get to do that. But at the same time, while you're living your lavish life, someone else is, like, living in a terrible state. And, like, that's always going to be just because of the way that our society is set up. Especially when you're privileged, right? You tend to forget or, like, subconsciously not think about, like, things that are not uh not happening to you personally because i guess that's how like individualistic the society is currently and um it's also why it's, it's important for us like who are self-aware to unlearn and relearn the histories and um and social justice and everything that's happening around us even though like we know like the parts of us that are privileged you know and i think that kind of um leans towards like the whole ptsd uh, thing that was in there uh, about her having to learn how to speak again or and so us as Americans learning how to unlearn the things that society has taught us also I think that goes back to him choosing a child to place all of this like the meat of the story through um, as much as it is like the older Adelaide's story it's really the younger Adelaide's story um, living through the older Adelaide yeah and I like I'd say this has like parallels that are like very historical like slavery and like you know the colonization of this entire continent um but also like newer ones too such as the fact that most of us don't think about the only reason that we have iphones is because somebody in the drc was mining the lithium that's needed for the batteries you know and we don't think about that on a daily basis and like really all this stuff yeah like yeah like i mean if you think if you really sat down and thought about all the things that we have and all the things that we take for granted it's like that was gotten probably not ethically <laughs> and like probably um, was usurped through like power and it's probably causing wreaking havoc on so on someone else's community. But like obviously we don't think about that. So this brings to my next point <laughs> where <laughs> um, we actually talked about last night where um, at the end um, when we find out that fake Adelaide um, was like the tethered Adelaide was actually switched with the real world uh, Adelaide and how the audience, like all of us were rooting for the the Adelaide that was um, living in the real world all these years is actually reflective of how um, privileged we are, how we see um, the lifestyle of uh, Adelaide living in the real world um, is kind of similar to us. it's the reason why we root for her, but not Red. So I think that was like a sparking, like a, like a hitting moment for me to pivotal point moment for me to realize, oh, like 
watching this movie made me realize that like oh i am privileged too because like i was rooting for like subconsciously rooting for um uh the real world adelaide without knowing like the backstory of what happened like during her childhood yeah yeah and like i was thinking about this too is that i i found myself at the end like why like who would i have been more upset about dying or like not dying and i just i think i would have been sadder if the like the switched adelaide so the one who grew up as adelaide had died and i i don't know why i feel that way yeah I think the entire movie is framed around making it's framed around the traditional horror movie narrative where you like have these like heroes and then at the end you're forced at the very end is when you're forced with like the actual choice of like oh like you know you're realizing that there's like more at play and that it's not just like some random like monster coming to kill you because it wants to kill you it's like there's actually like a lot of backstory behind it and that's when you're forced to like actually deconstruct everything we which is why it's hard. We love a good mind fuckery. <laughs> <laughs> also, going off of that, like the traditional film, whatever, whatever, like traditional film or like traditional horror films, horror films. Um, usually there's like this final girl character, um, where literally like she is the last one and she has to like make the decision. So like I guess a good question is like, is Adelaide's character a final girl? I mean, I. I know like just because of the fact that she's the one that's going after trying to save her family but at the same time she's like switched from the tether so is she really the final girl so i forgot you don't like horror movies um <laughs> for the record i slept three hours last night <laughs> because of seeing this movie so so basically like usually in a lot of horror films they'll have a final girl so basically once everyone else is like dead or whatever or if um people are like held hostage or something like that there's usually like a lot of time there's a female character and like she's the last one to make um the last effort to like kill the the um, villain in order for everyone else to like survive or for her to survive like by herself and so i guess my question is is do you think that adelaide fits into that i think to me, in some ways, I think she is, but then at the same time, I think that he's kind of just playing off of that. I think she's too much of a hero to be the final girl, in a way, hero, anti-hero, like, whatever you want to call her, but just as, like, the final girl is usually just, like, trying to, like, escape with her own life, you know, and, like, portrayed as, like, more helpless than, like, other typical, like, sexist things, and, like, you know... Lupita Nyong'o is, like, obviously not any of those things. Like, she's going after to, like, save her son. Do we know if we moved on, though? Because at the very last scene of the story was everyone, like, all the reds are still, like, all the tethered uh, people are still holding hands with each other. So we, and the ambulance was just driving off to nowhere. So we don't know, like, what happens next or, like, there's not a next to it. So, like... To me, I'm just like, I don't know if it's a final girl because it's really ambiguous ending, you know. Yeah, so more about the ending. Um, I remember that in Get Out, he was, like, saved by his friend, right, who came in the cop's car. But I think that, so I remember someone telling me this, I'm just double-checking now, but I think that the original ending was that he was going to be found by cops and sent to jail. And the reason that they changed that ending was that it was too much of like a man you can't catch a break like let the audience like breathe a little but in the his real 
message was that this doesn't happen in the real world. Like people don't catch breaks. And so I was kind of expecting like a happier ending in this one because of the way Get Out ended. But I don't think I'm happy with the ending, especially because the kid now knows that his mom is like suspects something of his mom. So I guess what do you think of the ending and like what kind of feelings did that give you? Um, so first of all, um, to me, endings, ending, like, a lot of people say, like, say, like, you're writing an essay, right? Like, for the final paragraph, like, ending shouldn't be, like, for an essay shouldn't be, like, oh, like, in conclusion, blah, 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 and that's why this is it. And instead, like, college, um, classes always teach you, like, endings supposed to make you question things, and, like, it's not, like, a period, but it's, like, a, uh, dot, 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 like, makes you, like, um, go on about the topic and like makes you um, think so and I think this is what the movie's like trying to do as well to make you question what happens and um, the fact that the little kid like Jason realized that um, uh, Adelaide is acting differently I think it's speaking to um, how how in our current um, political state and climate um, young people are starting to realize things you know like we are starting to realize that oh like there's something off about our society and we want to change that you know so that's what it's giving me and like that's what's the questioning the dot 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 um needs to be telling the movie um i also think it's important to note that throughout the movie you're looking at jason he's kind of looked at between the two uh, kids as like the one that's not like dumb but not as bright as his sister or just doing like stupid stuff and so i think that goes back to you uh, what you were saying sam about like how older people may look at young people like oh you're just dumb kids and you don't really understand but like there are a lot of different points within the movie where he is really understanding everything and it's clicking and um we're seeing a lot of things through his character so like at the end where he's um the one where the his um even though he gets captured but where his tether is like doing the fire thing on the line or whatever and then he's like oh no i know what this is go- what's happening and then like the crazy adelaide gets him but anyway i think <laughs> the last <Spoiler>. right <laughs> the last part um where he's looking it's like oh no i know what's going on and i think that's a lot of times for us it's like oh you're just little kids and you don't know what's happening but it's like oh no we know what's happening and now we have to like do something i think it's like one part of the, like the final scene with like the van that I like is that it's like he is like the what's the kid's name? Jason. Jason, yeah. Um he is like I think is like kind of control like cuz the reason that the like alternate Jason walks back into the fire is because he's tethered mm-hmm. to real Jason mm-hmm. who walks backwards mm-hmm. and then like that's and then he like realizes that he can change this mm-hmm. and like stop the car from exploding and right. do all of those things. And then like I feel like this is something that like kind of almost even like plays into Red's plan a little bit because she realizes yeah. that like not necessarily that her kids are interchang- that are interchangeable, but just that like she has like familial connections to both of them mm-hmm. because she was like the one who was born on the surface and therefore like Jason should be her child, right? Um, and like that's why she's not like you'd think like from all the character development to that point that she'd be like instantly heartbroken when her like when her son dies. But you can see that she has a connection to both of them because, like, of what she knows mm-hmm. about their situation. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the character for Gabe? We haven't talked a lot about him. So he was played by Winston Duke. So what did we think of his character? 
I'm going to preface this by saying I love Winston Duke. I really, really do. Um, I didn't... I liked his character. I like I liked him for comic relief, but I thought his character was written written like very weakly. I think, but also too, I think that it's playing off of the theme where a lot of like female characters in horror films are written very weakly. Like, oh my gosh, no, we can do that. Like throughout the film, he's like, oh no, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna go out here. Let's do. It. So like that's how his character was written, and <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, it was he was very funny. Like his character was very funny, but I just I thought he could have been re- he could have had a little bit more meat to his character. But if Jordan Peele's idea was like, oh, I'm gonna like switch sh- switch the, um, I was about to say switch the tempo. That's a Chris Brown song. Ew. Um, <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> but if he was like, I'm gonna reverse the roles, then I get it, because he really fits into that. Oh, I, this female character that's just like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I think everything. And also, he was a really, really great dad. <laughs> he was such a white dad. People shit. <laughs> <laughs> he was such a dad, though. The dab. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. What do you guys think? I just, like, I mean, I, like, he doesn't He doesn't need to be, like, he's the com- like the comic relief in one way. And also, I feel like he's not necessarily written poorly. He just isn't. Like, they just don't want to distri- – like, Louis Nyong'o's character is, like, so strong, and she's, like, obviously, like, the center of the movie yeah. that, like, like he doesn't need to distract from her, you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, he, like, he, like, he's just, like – he's her husband. That's what's important, you know? Like – I get it. I just wish he was written – I just wish he had a little bit more meat. But like, what would I you have wanted it. from his character, you know? Like, I don't – like, I can't think of anything more, like, about the movie that I would want from him other than to just be, like – kind of like bumbling he just like seemed like dad. so helpless <laughs> i don't think he was that helpless he, like killed, he killed two of them he did kill two of them is it just me i don't know like yeah okay at the beginning when he went outside i was like that's a dumb move but also like he is the dad and that's i feel true. like most dads i know would have that's done true that. and also i like i think that his character was just like that yeah i like, didn't really have a problem with it i don't know like i think Maybe <laughs> I'm trying to. Maybe because I I think the thing is because her character was just so 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 strong, and like he just was like there. Maybe th- I don't know. As a, I don't know as a screenwriter, like I I just like characters that I like for everyone to have like a a purpose with. I I think he had a purpose, but I like for everyone to have a distinct purpose like with in the things that I write. So maybe it's just like a stylistic thing. I don't know. Actually, I see what you mean because, um, like, we see, like, Jason and, like, the, the sister and, like, m- the mom. Like, they're all, like, they're all, like, powerful. <laughs> yeah. And, like, the dad's just there. <laughs> but know? he also brought the boat back and helped them escape. Oh, true. And, like, beat up people with a bat. True. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> like, he, like he, he makes important plot points. That's yeah. true. And, like, is comedic relief. And that's I feel like that's true. enough. Yeah. Like th- if he was stronger, then also, like, kids in the world can work together with him. Well, yeah. not, I don't know, not necessarily stronger, but just, like, less stupid. I, this uh, sounds really bad. But, like, like think I about how your dad would be, like, acting in this situation, you know? <laughs> He'd be, like, be, like... I feel like my dad would dab. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Be, like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think, really, it's just, it might just be, like, me stylistically being, like, uh, but that's a good question, like, because I don't necessarily know what I would have done, to because especially when you're making, 
if you're sitting centering a story around um Lucas's character so heavily and it's such a rich story and then it's like okay we have these other people that have to be in it too so like how do we all get them to have important points in the story so I don't know I think Hamlet's just like a stylistic thing for me in general but we love Winston we love you Winston (laughs) (laughs) I have a question about like the whole hands across America thing so I get the point that it's a movement, but I don't understand why at the end of the movie they're just standing there. Like, what is the purpose of just standing across the border? She, like, talked about it, or Red talked about it as kind of, like, a demonstration of sorts as, like, one thing. Um, The other thing that I saw that was, like, I was, like, reading about the actual, like, Hands Across America or whatever after, because I was like, what is this? Like, BS. Um, And it turns out there was, like, a huge flop in, like, a way that it was, like, and it's, like, emblematic of, like, how the U.S., like, deals with, like, issues that, like, we don't want to, like, actually, like, address, like, deeper, cult, like, deeper rude things. Like, the March Across, or, like, the Hands Across America was, like, supposed to, like, it was, like, a march to, like, we can alleviate poverty or whatever, but it, it was, like, but it was, like, it raised, I think the stats for it raised $34 million, but to cover, after covering operating expenses and everything like that, it only actually ended up, like, netting $15 million to, like, donate to poverty programs, which is, like, fairly insignificant for like the scale of like what was done and like that's what like more things like we're not going to address anything deep or structural about like inequity in this country but we're just going to like stage something like say we care about it stage something big to like that doesn't actually do anything to solve the problem um it's also um because i think the tethered people are representing kind of like underprivileged people right and while the the Hands Across America during the 1980s was like, was it, ni- pro- I don't know, the 86. Um, when I saw the video of Hands Across America, like the promotion thing, it was all like white privilege, like suburban like people. It's just like, oh, this is a cool movement. Let's like, let's fucking, like hype up, <laughs> hype up Reagan and like <laughs> hold hands and bullshit. And then like. <laughs> So then, like, that's, like, a really good contrast uh, s- slash, like, uh, juxtaposition there where, uh, where like, in reality, there there's these, like, privileged people. And then um, in the movie, it's uh, the representation of under uh, underrepresent, uh, underrepresented and underprivileged people um, actually um, fighting and, like, um, doing the demonstration of what needs to be done rather than, like, what what's, like, a... What's like a um, uh, surface level uh, show you know this is like another like i don't have anything deeper than this it was just like a like wording thing that i noticed that like they call the day the untethering because they're supposedly untethering themselves from their like up like upworld people but then they're literally tethering themselves together so like i don't necessarily know what that like uh, i don't believe that to other people but like maybe read more into i just was like yeah, thinking I guess about I that you know like they're tethering yeah. themselves to each other but like not to their like counterpart to their counterpart they're like this is like we can be tethered but like we'll be tethered together and like be unified or whatever and like not like tethered to our like overlords i don't that's just like one thing i'm throwing out there i haven't thought that much about it but yeah yeah i guess to i just like don't know what to expect next like i don't know what their next move will be because like what's the point of existing in a world where all of your your the people like you It was basically like mass genocide, right? And now there's like this whole opposition to you, who I guess are like rightfully taking back their places. But like, how do you exist with that now after this whole genocide? 
I think at the end of the movie, too, it's like you can see, like, there's, like, this whole chain, but there's still, like, helicopters and things flying overhead, so it's not like the world hasn't completely ended, at least in the U.S. I Like, it's unclear. Like, I think this is just a U.S. thing. Yeah. I, it's doesn't think, I don't think it's something that happens across the world. Yeah. But, like. Yeah, and, yeah, because um, it says that it's um, underground tunnels that's running across the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so they apparently exist. Yeah. So I know. <laughs> I think the scissors kind of go into the untethering, though, because at the end she's like cutting her apart. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we should talk more about like the underground versus the upper level. We kind of already talked about it, but in terms of breaking it down, what does that mean? What does that What does that parallel to in our current world? So um, again, like as I said before, like um, Jordan Peele and lo a lot of movie critics said that there's uh, multiple um, interpretations to this um, kind of like uh, metaphor. So it's really up to like the audience to interpret it what it means. And uh, some people say that it's like uh, capitalism, like rich people versus like poor people. But um, to me, I think it, uh, one thing that struck my mind the most uh, with the uh, underground people versus upper ground people is how like within communities of color, there are still existing um, um, privilege versus like underprivilege within a group. So say like for me as an East Asian immigrant, um, there are a lot of like, um, there are a lot of um, disparity in wealth. So say like um, Chinese, Korean, like people like that are like really high socioeconomic class. And while there are like uh, lower socioeconomic class within like the Asian Pacific Islander community, so like there's like that kind of disparity like that struck to me where like where like within um, the same race or community there are still like privilege and underprivilege that we need to recognize here. Also, just the title of the movie about it being like us, because the entire you know and every horror movie you're supposed to be or like every horror movie you're supposed to be afraid of them and like that's also a narrative that's like put forward in a lot of like immigration stuff is that like you should be afraid of them, but then it's actually like they're not them they're us and like yeah. you know there's nothing that like separates them from us other than circumstances yeah that's why I, as soon as she said that americans thing i was like oh it's an allegory for immigration um but like i think it's a lot more than that just uh, i think that's one part but a lot more than that um another question that i had what do we think the rabbits symbolize and like also within that there were a lot of shots where there were like a whole bunch of white rabbits and like a few black and brown rabbits so what do you think that symbolizes? Uh, well, rabbits are like Easter, so like that's like kind of like rebirth, mm. you know. Oh, like <laughs> I didn't oh. know. Oh, <laughs> like I that's why we have an that. Easter rabbit yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's like the re it's that. like the rebirth of. Um, oh shit! It's like the reckoning, the resurrection of yeah. Christ, and then it's like also like you can have like. You know, yeah. Why were they eating the rabbits? Like why? Why is that the choice of food? That's just what they have in the cages. I don't know why. Well, like, okay, so y it's rebirth. We're eating the rabbits from the rebirth. We're reborn or resurrecting. But we have to eat what we're resurrecting from. Because I'm really bullshitting right now. But, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I, I guess the connection that I'm trying to make between, like, the rabbits and the, like, tethered first the um like people that live on the surface it's like the tethered are being reborn but 
at the same time, they're in order for them to be reborn, they have to kill what they're born from. And so, like, it's the same thing when you're eating the rabbits. Like, we're the birth of the rabbit is, like, resurrection and being reborn, but at the same time, we're eating what we're born from. I love how we're literally figuring this out <laughs> as we're having as this we, podcast. Like, this is actually, like, that as we're figuring it out as we're go- having this podcast. But, yeah, that's the only thing I can think of. It's also... Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, also, like, they are, like, like rabbits are, like, a lot of, like, animals that are, a lot of products in general are tested on rabbits when yeah. things are tested on animals. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they are, and, like, the, like, the tethered are, like, supposedly, it's not clear, but there's some sort of laboratory experiment. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that's also mm-hmm. important because of all of the, mm-hmm. like, various testing and, like, laboratory testing, yeah. like, that's been done on um, marginalized communities like in the past yeah. too like how like you know i.e like henrietta lex yeah exactly <laughs> like that and then also like even at this school it's um what it was uh cc little who did all of the yeah. who was like the eugenicist yeah. and then also did yeah. a lot of experiments on yeah. on black women yep. about like you know so you know no, that's a good point it's like yeah. them being like lab rats yeah. or lab, rap- oh, lab so rabbits i guess there's so yeah. many connections This movie, I don't think this movie is just about race. It's about just marginalization in general. Like, you can be of color and be privileged, and you can not be of color and not be privileged. Which is good, because, like, there are so many ways to, like, marginalize communities, like, in, in the society. Like, we, c- we see different um, aspects of marginalization, like, say, like, um, LGBTQ people, and, like, there are race um, that aspects that go into it, and, like, different things. So, like, that's why I really love how it's um, up to our interpretation because there are like different interpretations that we can get out of it. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie though, when I got out of the movie, I really don't think I understood that much until I processed and talked to other people about it. So, what were your, what do you think about this movie? Like, do you like it? What's your rating? <laughs> I just like. <laughs> Timeline of my night last night. <laughs> um, <laughs> so movie gets out at midnight. We're um, Sam Unreman. What's your friend's name? Archana. Archana. Or like the th- the four of us are just talking about the movie until two thirty in the morning. <laughs> I uh, get home, eat my bowl of cereal, and try to read to distract myself a little bit. Get into bed at three. Did you pee uh, with the light on? <laughs> when Did do anyone pee with the light? Why would I not? No, pee I mean with, with the, the door on. open, not the light <laughs> like, on. Because oh <laughs> I needed to pee with oh. the door open. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't remember, but yeah, and then like tried to sleep for two and a half hours until five thirty. Gave up and watched uh, six episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine <laughs> in my bed until seven thirty when the sun rose, and then I could finally fall asleep and slept for three hours. So that's what I'm running <laughs> oh on. No, <laughs> but but it was a good movie. So we'll de- determine like what the worth is if I sleep tonight. <laughs> I'm just thinking about Anurima's hallway. <laughs> that oh was so God. dark, yeah. and we walked outside. I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, <laughs> like, like the lights were flickering <laughs> and yeah. shit, and I was like, <laughs> "We're like, damn, we're in us right now." Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody tries like this is just a disclaimer right now if anybody tries to prank me with anything related to this movie i will hit first and ask questions second uh, so. <laughs> oh my god do not please. Yeah, i think you should do the voice you should do the voice don't, please 
<laughs> I live the shadow. I live in the world. I need rabbits. <coughs> Fun little girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That was too good. Like that was so good. Oh my god. I'm taking contracts. Um. <laughs> You know, um, you can uh, hit me up on, you know, social media and get my acting real and shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I think <laughs> it was a really good movie um, to me. But um, to me, um, horror movies isn't really my style that I like the most. Like, I think it's just like, I always find humor out of horror movies, which is like, I just don't take it seriously. And then, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we were I just cracking up. I think the movie was much of the experience, too. Like, the whole auditorium yeah. wasn't afraid to scream or laugh yeah. or, like, scream Or, like, laugh. everybody yelled. <laughs> they, were like, they were like, yeah, get him. Yeah. Like, like, whenever they killed someone, everyone would cheer. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> I, was also, I also brought a blanket to this movie <laughs> and was hiding under the blanket. I was just like underneath <laughs> my jacket the entire time. I was like, why the fuck won't you leave? Come on, bitch. Like, what the fuck are you doing? She's like, Jason, stop being stupid. Yeah. I was like, little boy, put the shit back on. Stop. <laughs> anyway, I guess I guess our consensus on behalf of Michigan in Color is to watch us. Um, if you want to reach out to us about thoughts that you have, you can first like, comment, and subscribe this podcast, which is on Apple Podcasts or on the Michigan Daily website. Um, we'll be featuring our creative of color after this, but if you have any ideas or anything that you want to be featured on this podcast, please email us. Our emails are in the bios and we look forward to talking to you soon. Yes. Uh, we will see you on next time on pass the mic. Okay. So this week, our creative of color is Grace Cho. She is a creative content editor for pass the mic, and she's going to tell us a little bit about her artwork. I'm Grace, and I'm currently a senior at the School of Art and Design at the University of Michigan. And um, I focus on illustration and graphic design mostly. Um, And I think those platforms or those mediums provide a really good opportunity for me to work with storytelling um, based artwork. So um, what I like to do is... um, illustrate people's narratives and I think it's really great that I came across Michigan in color because it gave me a platform and also kind of the drive within the community to do that Um, so a lot of the work that I do right now is um, on ethnic identity particularly East Asian American identity and um, so yeah, if you want to check out my work, <laughs> follow me on Cho Art Cho at on Instagram. So C H O A R T C H O. And uh, thanks for listening. 